Season 2, Episode 25, Should You Sound Design While Beat Making. Now, I know a lot of you, when you get to baking your beats, you guys get stuck a lot. And in this episode, I'll talk about some tips for you guys to see results in your beats, make things super easy, um, because it is tricky, but it's tricky because you really don't know the tricks of the trade, which allow you to really accelerate really fast. All right, so before we get into this podcast episode, check out my free book I've written for you guys. It's called Five Keys to a Successful Beat. There's my five keys. I've also included included my seven core principles. There's tons of valuable tips for FL Studio producers. You can download it by going to itsgratuitous.com forward slash five keys. All right, so before we get into the episode, um, I've released a lot of new blog posts on the website. If you visit itsgratuitous.com forward slash blog, at the time of this episode, I've released a lot of mastering tutorials. So, you know, mastering for beginners, uh, what is a mastering chain? We talk a little bit about you know, the loudness wars, what is loudness? One article I wanted to always get out there was just the different tools that we can use in mastering, things like a limiter, a compressor, a clipper, multiband compressor, and nowadays we use a loudness meter. Now, let's talk about sound design and beat making at the same time. So when I first started, I used what's called a rompler, all right? And I'll leave a free resource in this episode's resources. So I created a free tutorial. It's about a half hour long, and it's all about what is a rompler, okay? R-O-M-P-L-E-R. And so essentially, a rompler is you just pick a preset and you can start making your beats, Okay, now when you are trying to do sound design as your beat beat making, you have to remember that sound design is a totally different industry. And if you're trying to do sound design while learning beat making, it's going to be way too overwhelming for you. And honestly, I'd probably say like 99% of beat makers do not sound design as they make beats. If you do, then you're on like a different level than most people. But to be truthful, you need to have a decent melody or uh, you, yeah, you need a decent sound to start your melody. If that makes sense. Okay. So when you are making beats, it's all about laying the groundwork. So for example, let's say you have a drum loop going on. It's all about getting that first melody and it's got to be half decent catchy. Okay. Now the type of sound doesn't really matter so much. Like it does because the sound selection is important, but the number one most important thing is the sound placement. So how you are placing the sounds, how you're getting the catchy melody. Once you have the catchy melody, then you can easily select a different sound with your, you know, with a rompler or, or, or you know, different synthesizer. But I do encourage you guys to use a rompler as you are learning beat making. You can hop into other synthesizers, things like Silent One, Serum, Pigments, and I do have free banks for all of those. If you would like them, you can go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash resources. You can see like my free books, my free sounds, and some of the free stuff I have for you there. But as a beat maker, it's all about being able to select high quality sounds to make your melodies really, really fast. And if you are doing sound design as you're trying to make the beat, it's going to make things really tricky. It's going to make things way longer. And you as the beat maker, the most important thing that you can learn to do 
is to create catchy melodies and also learn how the catchy melodies go together. Let's say you create a piano melody. Now you're going to add a guitar in there. You have to learn how can you create a catchy melody over top of this piano now, right? So you'd have a piano. That's your first loop. How does this guitar go over top and sound unique? And, you know, again, I always talk to you about finding your own sound, being your own person within this music production world, because there is a lot of copying always. It doesn't matter if you're at the most professional level or if you are just trying to uh, follow someone off YouTube. Everybody copies, right? And I always tell you guys, pull away from the copying and you truly will find your own sound because I highly encourage you actually to go back to a previous episode. I talked to you about we all have 12 notes, right? So when you watch a tutorial and somebody, you know, is playing their melodies or whatever, it's like we all only have 12 notes. Yes, they go up and down an octave, but it's not like anybody has more notes than somebody else, right? So we're, we all have the same amount of notes. It's all about learning how to create catchy melodies with these notes, and the only way you're going to do that is by practicing and practicing. And if you want to learn more about using your 12 notes, I highly encourage you to check out my Piano Lessons for Producers course. You can come to itsgratuitous.com and you will be able to find it. Again, I highly encourage you guys check out the search bar. Anything that you want to look up like piano, drum loops, mastering now. Just type that into the search bar and articles and courses and, you know, everything pertaining to that on my website will show up for you. And there's tons and tons of valuable resources on my website. I have over 300 written articles. Um, and like I always say, if you guys ever have questions, you feel to reach out. So to summarize this episode, I personally would say use a rompler when you're first getting started. And I even still like using a rompler. A rompler doesn't really allow you to do sound design. Like you can do some sound design, but you can't really select like waveforms and then make your own patch out of it. Like from scratch, many times you might be able to like remove layers in the rompler or you can use filters or, you know, sometimes you can apply your own effects like uh, distortion or chorus. But honestly, that gives you so much control as the beat maker as well. And so it's all about knowing how to create that catchy melody. That's what you have to learn if you want to become a good beat maker, right? I always tell you guys, no MIDI packs, no one-shot drum samples, because it is not making beats from scratch. It is not being an original producer. And if you want to truly learn to make your own beats and be so confident and proud behind them, you want to learn to, to create your own melodies. And that means understanding those 12 notes, understanding keys and scales because then you can start making your beats and if you are sound designing as you are making your beats it's going to be quite tricky for you now where i would do sound design is if i was going to be creating like a riser and so a riser is something that we use as a transition i talked to you guys about audio painting right i have a book on this it's on amazon as well as my website and so audio painting is all about preparing the listener before a change happens. So if you're coming from the verse to the chorus, you need to prepare the listener. And we do that with a transition, right? So for example, a riser could be one of those exciting rising kind of sounds. And this is where I would typically do sound design. But you have to remember that audio painting comes much later in the stage of making a beat. We have making the beat, 
we have arranging the beat, we have mixing the beat, we have then audio painting, which is taking a second look at that track, making sure that when you go from the verse to the chorus, that everything makes sense. Because the arrangement stage of your song is probably the hardest part of making a good beat. Yes, you have a good melody. Yes, you know, all the instruments, everything goes together. The mixing can help enhance that too. But the arrangement is essentially like when I talk to you guys in the audio painting book, I give you the explanation of your listener essentially goes on a roller coaster ride. You know, they sit down, they strap in, and when they hit play to your song, you're taking them on like an emotional roller coaster ride, right? They go up and down, depending on if you're in the verse or in the chorus, as that is like the emotions, right? And your arrangement is what gives the full emotion. It's the, it's, you know, it's the buildups, it's the breakdowns. And so at the audio painting stage, this is where I, maybe I would focus a lot more on like different sound design stuff, again, such as like those risers, or if some of these instruments aren't maybe going together, I'm just really looking at it from a top-down level, from a listener's point of view. And that's essentially what you have to do before you, you know, release it into the world. And then after the audio painting is like the mastering, right? But at the end of the day, they all kind of go together because once you hop into each stage, you can kind of bounce around. And that is the benefit of being a music producer who can do it all because you can go back and forth. And if you're doing it all in one project, it makes it really, really easy. And so when you listen to a lot of you know advice or a lot of tips from a lot of people, you have to remember that many of these people, they do only work in one industry. And we as the beat maker, or you know, essentially like the, the music producer who's doing it all, you have full flexibility. So more than even what these people are trying to teach you. For example, if someone's just teaching you mastering, well, they're, they're being sent a file from somebody else. But you as the music producer, you can change the sound still if you want. You can change the individual levels. You can change EQ on, on the individual level. Or you can change EQ on the mastered level, right? On the two bus. So it's all about understanding the workflow. And if you want to get a good workflow, I highly suggest not to do sound design as you're making the beat. Even like I said, I can I can use Serum, I can use Silent One, I can do some sound design. I'm not the best sound designer, but again, you guys can check out my presets. Again, I have the free ones. And my biggest thing when I am doing sound design is I'm focused that those presets can be really good with chords and that they're focused for a beat maker. You can buy presets that aren't for beat makers. So in other words, maybe they're good for film or for scoring a movie and stuff like that. But we as beat makers, we need to have nice, high quality sounds that are good with chords, that are good for catchy melodies. Um, and when you have high quality sounds, it allows you just to select a high quality sound, get into your beat making, and then keep progressing into these different stages such as the arrangement, the mixing, the audio painting, all that stuff. Okay. So again, you can sound design if you want, but I suggest not to. It's going to slow you down. And your goal as the beat maker is to learn to create catchy melodies that go together. And when you are flowing, right? Because that's how it works. Like that's you know, when you go to make that beat, that's how it works. You need to have that fast flow because you go from one instrument to the next instrument to the next. And 
you know, so I've talked to you before that there's different ways, uh, there's two different ways you can uh, build like up to the chorus. All your instruments can complement each other, which means that they're all following the same chord progression. And when you're creating each instrument to add on to this chorus, to add that catchy, catchy chorus, you have to be really, really fast and you got to keep flowing because you're just kind of in the groove. And that's where you can just right click on an instrument, go clone, select another sound, play up in the higher octaves, play up in the lower octaves, you know, try creative things like portamento where you can kind of slide the notes, be creative and try to find different sounds that fit into that beat that make mixing easy, but it still allows your beat to be catchy. All right. A lot more tips coming your way. Uh, definitely uh, check out the website. It's gratuitous.com. I will be releasing a course here eventually about how to make a beat from scratch. Again, I have tons and tons of other courses, but these courses are more about teaching you, you know, how to, how to become a music producer, best practices, tips and tricks. But a lot of you have uh, asked me over the years that you want to see a beat made from scratch. And so that is a course that I am planning. So be on the lookout for that. Again, visit itsgratuitous.com forward slash blog. Check out all the new articles. I've written tons about mastering now, if you're interested in that. And I will also leave that free resource about a rompler. Okay, it's going to teach you how to select high quality sounds, you know, how to get started making beats. Uh, there's Nexus, so by ReFX, or there's Flex as well. Wait, you know, it comes with FL Studio. And so essentially, you know, um, I explained in that tutorial, like flex isn't technically a rompler, but essentially it kind of is because what you're doing is you're just quickly selecting a preset that is high quality and you're on your way. If you want to get into the sound design, you can do that. But in my opinion, I would say do the sound design, create your presets, but then now you can go make beats with those presets. If you're doing it at the same time, I'm telling you, it's going to slow you down. It's going to make things a little bit more tricky. And it's all about that speed and workflow when you're making the beat. You need to be fast. If you're not fast, it's going to take you forever and you're not going to see the results. One last thing I'll say there is I know some of you, when you're starting up, sometimes you guys spend so long on one beat. My advice is be quicker, right? Like when I was starting, sometimes I would try two or three different beats a day. So think about that, right? It's about speeds when you're first learning. You know, try a track. If it's not working, save it, go to another track and try that one. And then you can go back to the first track and maybe try working on it a little bit again because the music production process is very, very tiring. And that's a cool little trick that I do to help me work longer without getting so burnt out is I will switch between songs uh, just to give myself a little mix up because if you work so long in one project, you're trying to, you're, you know, you're trying to perfect it so hard that it gets tricky. All right. So closing out, definitely check out my free book. It's called Five Keys to a Successful Beat. So simple, it becomes creative. The reason I titled it like that is because, again, if you listen to a lot of catchy beats, you really, really listen to the melodies or you listen to like the drum loop and the percussion and it's so simple, it's become creative, which means that it's so catchy. But if you go to try to make it yourself, it's actually pretty hard. So being simple in the music industry is actually really hard. And that, again, it becomes to the point of being creative. So five keys to a successful beat. So simple, it becomes creative. Just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash five keys 
enter in your name and email and you can download the book. I will email it to you and then I will send you some follow-up emails. Thanks for checking out this episode. And don't forget to visit itsgratuitous.com and feel free to reach out to me anytime you guys are looking for FL Studio training.